Welcome to the Apostles Houston podcast, and thanks for listening. As a community following Jesus in Houston, we want to be with Jesus, become like Jesus, and do the kinds of things Jesus did. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, we invite you to join us for worship each Sunday at 10 a.m. in Houston Heights. For more information, visit us online at ApostlesHouston.org. Well, again, good morning. Uh, It has been a great few weeks diving into the Psalms together, really enjoying uh, studying the Psalms and meditating on the Psalms. I hope you've taken me up on the challenge to read the Psalms daily. If you're not in that practice, I encourage you, give it a try. Take a Psalm each day and just read it maybe once in the morning, once in the evening. Uh, our life groups have been looking at the Psalms and asking, how does this help us uh, to follow Jesus together? And so I'm excited to look at Psalm 23 this morning. As Peter said, a Psalm that may be the most famous Psalm of all the Psalms. So if you want to grab a Bible and open up to Psalm 23, uh, I want you to have that in front of you. should be a Bible in a seat back near you. Psalm 23. And as you're turning there, um, last week I had the privilege of participating in an event put on uh, called Circles of Hope. It was a luncheon uh, sponsored by uh, a group called Remind, nonprofit group working with uh, those who need mental health support across our city. And it was amazing to hear uh, what they're doing, but it was also really alarming, I think, to realize just the desperate need there is within our city and really across our nation when it comes uh, to mental health. The need is so great, and we're seeing more and more evidence of that, that we and our nation are facing a mental health crisis. And uh, I looked up a few statistics. It's estimated that over 40 million adults struggle with some kind of anxiety disorder. I think we all struggle with anxiety, but this is, uh, this is a mental health condition of some kind of uh, diagnosed anxiety. This is rates of depression, rates of uh, suicide, especially among teens and especially young, young women and young teenage girls that has exploded exponentially over the last five years. This goes back before COVID. And so there's all these indicators that anxiety is, uh, is a real problem in our culture, in our society. And it's one I said that we all have to deal with. We all have to deal with anxiety. We all have feelings of nervousness at times and fear and unease and uncertainty. Uh, sometimes our anxiety is, is mild, you know, it's just kind of the normal everyday. And sometimes it's debilitating. And, and you may have experienced the full spectrum of that in your own life. But anxiety is, is a real problem. It can cause all kinds of health problems, for example. Anxiety can cause heart damage. It can cause GI issues. It can cause pan attacks. It can make you feel uh, emotionally uh, overwhelmed. Like I said, it can make it feel like you've lost control, that things are uh, going crazy in your world and even in your own heart and your own mind. So anxiety can kind of take over. I know in my own life, anxiety at times has felt almost like a, an amplifier, like someone plugged my, uh, my worries and my fears and my insecurities and just amped them up to the nth degree. And it just, it does, it feels more and more overwhelming. And so, so we all have these feelings of anxiety. We all struggle with this to varying degrees. And it is a mental health issue. It is a psychological problem. I don't want to discount that. And yet, I think it's also very important for us as followers of Jesus to recognize it is a spiritual problem. It's a spiritual problem, and we need to address it as a spiritual problem. 
and not just a psychological one. Uh, Jesus, in, in his own words to Martha, do you remember what he told her? He said, you are worried, worried and troubled about a great many things. And I know Jesus could say that to me in my own life, and he could say that to us. Um, and so my hope is this morning as we, we, we look at Psalm 23, I, I really think this psalm speaks to us as anxious people. I think it speaks into our lives and speaks to the spiritual challenge of anxiety because anxiety can become a spiritual distraction. It can cloud our judgment. It can erode our faith. Anxiety is not a sin, right? It's an emotion. It's a response, but it is a feeling that can lead us to sin, right? If we allow it to take over and it can be a form of spiritual attack in our lives. It's not from the Lord and we need God's help in responding to our anxiety. And I really believe that there's good news for us as followers of Jesus when it comes to our anxiety. The good news is this, that the God of peace can free us from our anxiety. The God of peace can free us from our anxiety. And so I, I, I want us to hold out that promise as we look at Psalm 23 together this morning. So with it open in front of you, let me just tell you a little bit about the psalm. You, you may know uh, something about this psalm. Psalm 23 was written by David, we believe. Uh, so King David, we know that he was also a shepherd, which adds a layer uh, of to, to this psalm and, and the power of these words. And I really think when we put it in the context of David as a shepherd who became a king, uh, these become really beautiful and powerful words for us who live in a fallen and anxious world. It's a psalm uh, that maybe we learned as children, or maybe you, you've heard it at a funeral a few times, but it's not just a sweet poem about sheep and shepherds. It is a, a, a song of great confidence and trust in the Lord. And so that's how we want to receive it. Uh, and so let's look at, at, at this psalm together. And my hope is that as we look at this psalm, that God would minister to you through this psalm, that he would highlight three things about himself that I think will give us comfort and peace as a people who live in a fallen and anxious world. And the first is this, that God provides. The second is this, that God protects. And then the third is that he is always present. Right? So God provides, protects, and is present. So let's look at the psalm together first. The God who provides. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. When David wrote this psalm, he chose to call God his shepherd, which makes David automatically a what? A sheep, right? So the Lord is a shepherd, immediately it puts David in a position where he recognizes he is a sheep. Now, I don't know a lot about sheep, but I, I did a little research, okay? And maybe you've heard a little bit about sheep. I don't think they have a great reputation. Um, but, you know, sheep, sheep, there's great things about sheep, right? But there are also some really important things we should probably know about sheep to understand this. And one of them is that they are very dependent livestock, very dependent on a shepherd, uh, and so as David, who had been a shepherd, knew that, for him to call God his shepherd and to identify himself as a sheep is a big deal. Sheep are, are, one, of the, the, are one of the most susceptible animals to predators, for example. They have very little uh, natural defense. They need someone to watch out for them, right? Uh, they're notorious for running away, for getting lost. There's a reason that that's in the scriptures. It's because that actually happens. That's a frequent occurrence. They jump fences. They wander away. They eat constantly, 
And, and I thought this was really, I looked this up on a website. It said, if you want to have sheep, know this first, right? And one of the funny things about it is it said, sheep are really noisy. I, 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 I don't know compared to what, but it was like they chew loud, they digest loud. Even inside your house, you can hear them. It can be really annoying. So it was just like this big red flag. If you're going to get sheep, they're really loud. So, so I just thought this was really interesting. This is what David's, this is the metaphor he chose to use in identifying his relationship with the Lord. So the picture, in other words, we get is of a shepherd caring for these highly dependent sheep. And that's, that's, that's the thrust of what David is pointing to. He's saying it's the shepherd's job to, to lead the sheep and to care for them. In particular, he says here, to take them to food and to water. He highlights their dependence on the shepherd for food and water. The picture we get here is not of sheep who are hungry and thirsty, though but of sheep who are content. Do you see that? It's in, in these pastures, these green pastures, right, where they're doing what? Are they eating? No, they're laying down. It's beside still waters. It's not drinking from the still waters. In other words, what David is saying is, look, this is, this is a picture of content sheep, sheep who have had their fill because they've been provided for, both in food and water. And so David can then write these words, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I shall not want. Now that doesn't mean I don't desire anything in my life. What that actually means is I lack nothing. There's nothing I need that I now lack. The shepherd has provided for my needs. It means all my needs have been met. The shepherd's provision is more than enough for me. That's what David is saying. So often, I find my anxiety is rooted in a mentality of lacking. That there won't be enough. And you can put it into any category. Enough money, there won't be enough time, there won't be enough grace, there won't be enough fill in the blank. There won't be enough. And it causes me anxiety. But the picture we get of God here in Psalm 23 is that God's provision is enough. His provision is enough. In other words, God's response to our anxiety is not to condemn us or to leave us feeling anxious. It's to have compassion. It's to care for you and to provide for you. John 10, Jesus called himself the good shepherd. And it's our good shepherd who reminds us that he is enough. Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew chapter six. He says, so do not worry. Do not be anxious. Saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you too need them, but seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. God will provide for your needs. God will provide for everything you need. So that's how the Apostle Paul in Philippians 4 can write these extraordinary words. The Lord is at hand, so do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, by thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus. God provides for us, both physically and spiritually, is what Jesus is telling us. His Word actually feeds us. The scriptures feed us. John said, or Jesus said in John chapter four, anyone who drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again, content, 
content by God's word. So here's what I think Psalm 23 is inviting us to do. It's inviting us to enter into a posture with the Lord where maybe at the beginning of each day, we have to ask ourselves, Lord, do I believe that I lack anything or are you enough? Lord, I really believe that you are enough. What if we went through our day believing that yes, life is hard and there are things that I want that I don't have and maybe even things that I need physically that I don't have, but ultimately, I'm convinced that in Jesus, I have everything I need. I feel like for me, that's the battle. Just believing that and living out of that belief that if today I could say, in you, Jesus, I'm content. In you, Jesus, I'm at rest. In you, Jesus, I'm not freaking out right now. In you, Jesus, I'm thankful. Ray Ortland uh, Sr. Um, once said in a sermon these words, and I found them so encouraging. He said, God always wants to express his fullness in you. Always begin your thinking and your planning and your deciding from the standpoint of his fullness in your life. Always begin with the plenty of God. Face life with all you have in Christ. Never face life focused on the problems and the needs. Always begin with your standing in Christ, that you have rivers of living water flowing in you, Christ in you, the fullness of grace and truth. I just found that so encouraging and drawing me back to this picture that David gives us here in Psalm 23, that the Lord is my shepherd. He cares for me. He provides for me, and so I lack nothing. And so we worship the God who provides. Let's move to the next part of the psalm. The next part of the psalm highlights the fact that we worship the God who protects. The God who protects. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. So in David's day, the Judean wilderness was a rough place, and shepherds were a tough crowd. <laughs> we may have in our head this kind of mild-mannered pastoral figure who's patting sheep on the head and always smiling, and the reality is that shepherds had to be brave. Shepherds had to be fierce defenders of their flock, fighting off predators and protecting them from dangerous terrain. And so David was in many ways, if you think about his story, he was well prepared to become a warrior shepherd king of Israel because that's what he had been. He had been a warrior shepherd over the flock. And so a shepherd is a picture of power and authority here in Psalm 23. And the God of Israel is the true shepherd who uses that power and that authority to protect his sheep. So even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even though I go through the deepest and darkest and most difficult times in my life, I won't be afraid. How can I say that? Because I have a protector. I have a defender. I have a shepherd. David could write those words because he knew the Lord was with him just as he had been with his flock. God is always with us. That's always true. God is always with us. God is here with you now. He'll be here with you when you leave. He'll be here with you when you wake up tomorrow morning. But David is pointing to something I think more important here when he says, for you are with me. He's not simply pointing to God's presence, which is powerful, but to God's intervention. 
that God actually is there to defend us as his beloved sheep. An image reinforced with the rod and the staff of the shepherd, weapons to fight off predators and thieves and a means of guiding and directing the sheep. And then he follows up this uh, amazing image uh, of the shepherd with another powerful picture of God, not only as our shepherd, but as our host at a banquet. God sets a table, it says for us, in the presence of our enemies, not amongst all our friends, but a place of safety and protection in the midst of our enemies. And so imagine having, you know, a big brisket at your house and all around you are people that want to hurt you, (laughs) that want to kill you. Uh, They've gathered around to harm you. And yet you're sitting there at the table and you're like, man, this brisket is awesome, right? That's the picture. It's so weird. It's such a bizarre image. When you think about it, but, but, but David is pointing to this fact that that is the marvelous reality when we are with Christ and in Christ. We are with the good shepherd who protects us and there is a place of safety and security. Not only that, he anoints us. It says he anoints us with oil. That's a symbol of joy. That's what a good host does for his honored guests. He pours oil on your head. It's another symbol of abundance. You know, the cup overflows is what it says. And so again, you got this picture of the God who protects and the God who provides, the God who creates this place where we're not nervously waiting and trying to make it through life, but secure and unafraid in the face of fearful realities. Why are we unafraid? Because God is with us. It's his presence. It's his presence. Even in our darkest, hardest times, we can live free from fear because God is there. On the cross, we encounter the God who is with us, in our shame, in our sin, in our darkness, those suffering and difficult places, God is with us. And not only that, he walks with us through the darkness. And the cross leads us through the darkness into the light and life of the resurrection, life with him forever. Again, so often my anxiety is rooted in my fear, right? That I'm not in control. This morning, I felt incredibly overwhelmed. My computer died. I couldn't get the printer to work. I didn't know if I was going to have this sermon in front of me. I was talking to the guys in the media booth, and they are like, man, we got to pray. Because it was not coming together. And I was like, this is crazy. The first line in my sermon is a crisis of anxiety. And I feel so anxious, right? I felt totally overwhelmed in the moment. <laughs> and, and I was like, okay, Lord, I hear you. This is for me, right? Because so often my anxiety is about control, I'm not in control right now, and I can't fix it, and I can't solve it. I can't see a way ahead in the darkness. And so Psalm 23, what it's saying is fix your eyes on Jesus in that moment. Look to the true shepherd. In other words, shift your eyes away from the circumstances that are causing the anxiety and focus them on Christ. Look to him, your protector and your provider. He will never abandon you. He will never fail you. He will bring you through whatever you are facing. The psalm ends with this great reminder, this this ending that reminds us that God is indeed present. That he's our protector and a provider, but he is also with us in in all things. He says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Deep contentment comes with the presence of God. The picture here is of a God who pursues us and follows us relentlessly, who never gives up on us. This is the God that David longs to dwell with in the temple. 
the great promise of Psalm 23 is that we have a God who is with us, who has drawn near. Jesus, the good shepherd, laid down his life for us. He is the banquet host that invites us into life to the full. And in Matthew 28, the shepherd host says these words, listen to me. He's talking to us as the sheep. He's saying, listen, I will be with you until the very end. I will be with you. His last words to his disciples. This Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, our protector, our provider, will never abandon us. And so that's, <clears throat> that's the message of Psalm 23, that we have a God who is, is our provider, our protector, and who is present with us. And you might say, that's great. I still feel very anxious. <laughs> and it's true. In moments of anxiety, it, it, it's hard to break through. It can be hard to give that over to the Lord. Easier said than done. And so I, I just want to encourage you, maybe, how does this really help me in the day-to-day? Here's what I would say. I would say if we want to experience the reality of these truths, God is provider and protector, and we want to know his presence, then I think we begin where David began in the psalm. We admit that we're sheep and we need a shepherd. We confess that we are in need of someone to care for our soul. I cannot shepherd my own soul. And so often I try. I need to cry out like David did. The Lord, the Lord is the shepherd of my soul. And so I think it begins in a place of deep trust and humility. It's an honest prayer like Psalm 23. It's a way of saying, God, I can't do my life on my own and in my terms. And I try over and over, but I'm coming back to you again and again and saying, Lord, will you be my shepherd? Will you be my shepherd? Peter writes this in 1 Peter 5, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time, he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. That's the invitation of Psalm 23, to cast our cares upon him, knowing that he cares for us. Just to end, I wanna encourage you um, to cast your anxiety, your fears, your doubts, your worries on the Lord. It takes practice, it takes time, uh, but continue to do it. And one of the ways you might wanna do that is by committing Psalm 23 to heart. I would encourage you, memorize Psalm 23, pray Psalm 23, and maybe begin to believe Psalm 23 and walk in light of that. The Lord says, don't be anxious about anything, but he, he is the God of peace who will help us. It's not an empty promise. He, in Philippians 4, says, the Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Um, I, I was debating on whether or not to share this, and I think maybe this can lead us into a time of prayer around Psalm 23, but uh, I mentioned last week, if you were here, that we uh, support two, minis- uh, two missionaries, um, Ben and Noel Carr and their family in Indonesia. And as we were praying for them, I actually found out, and I shared with you all, that their pastor, the church where they've been going, their pastor's house burned to the ground, um, and they lost everything. Thankfully, nobody was hurt. But if you follow Noel um, on Instagram, she posted something about what happened in the wake of this tragedy. And I just wanted to read it 
to you because I think it so powerfully illustrates a God who is a provider and protector and who is present. So this is what, um, this is what Noel wrote about what happened. She said, I visited my pastor today in the house where they are staying. I did it in the Indonesian way and just stopped by unannounced. I brought some fresh bread from the store. You never show up empty-handed. Of course, there were always other visitors, and there were uh, a lot of people sitting around and processing and talking about the fire. The front door was open, so I slipped my sandals off and was welcomed in. Uh, The kids ran off and climbed trees and chased puppies. I was ushered to a seat among strangers and listened um, as Ibu Phoney, that's the pastor's name, the uh, spouse, the wife's name, shared with such joy the goodness of God in all of this tragedy. She was scheduled to preach on Sunday. She and her husband are both pastors. And, I got the news, and she got the news about her house uh, burning just before she stepped up to preach. She prayed and asked God, how can I possibly focus? Talk about anxiety, right? And then a friend came and prayed over her, gently took her phone and encouraged her forward. And she preached an entire sermon knowing full well that her house was burning down as she spoke. She shared the story with me Sunday afternoon as I stood outside their home watching the last flames burn out. She said, I didn't cry until I was done and praying and just told the pianist during the service to sing the tune Tuhan Satia, which means faithful God. And then I cried and I cried and I cried. Then a church leader, a huge guy that looks super tough and is a police officer here, came on the stage to pray and wept as, the, as he prayed for the family. The service was over, and he declared, everyone go to Saleh, which is uh, where the pastor's house was. But then another woman cr- cried out and said, no, we need to pray first. And then she led the church in prayer over the family. All this happened while the fire was blazing. Right? So... This woman shared all this with Noel, and Noel was processing the grief and, and, and just listening to all the ways that God moved powerfully and comforting uh, this family. And then she learned later that a wealthy business person had offered to rebuild their home and, and that construction had already started like two days later. Um, and then uh, this is what Noel says. She's reflecting on her own experience. She says, when the fire started on Sunday morning, I was a wreck. To stand on the edge of a tragedy like that, to wonder if anyone is inside, to see them carrying a big bucket of water down the road, Just standing there watching my pastor's house burn to the ground was such a heavy burden. And yet in the hours that followed, to witness these people love God, hope in him, come together as a church family, trust God, and proclaim his goodness. Wow, what can I say? I just feel so privileged to witness it all, the resilience in God's incredible mercy and his goodness. And I just thought, what a picture. What a picture of a community that's turning to the Lord, their shepherd, to be their provider and their protector and to be present, even in the midst of the deep darkness. And so I, I'd love for us just to take some time to pray. And I'm gonna, uh, as the kids, I'm gonna, Peter, can you go ahead and let the kids come in? Because I'd love for them to join us as we're praying. They've been talking about the Lord, their shepherd this morning. And so we're gonna pray to the Lord, our shepherd. And I'd like for us to pray um, as we've been praying, praying Psalm 23 out of the Book of Common Prayer. So if you wanna grab one, So kids, great timing. We're just about to pray to Jesus, our shepherd. And so if you want to grab a seat, and we're going to pray out of Psalm 23. So it's on page 295 in the Book of Common Prayer. 
page 295. This way we can just all use the same, same um, version. And so we'll read it by uh, half verse responsively. So I'll say the first half of the verse to the little star, and then you'll say the second half. And so I'm just going to invite the Holy Spirit to help us to make this a prayer. So Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for this gift, this gift of Psalm 23. And Lord, as anxious people, we need you to be our shepherd. And so Holy Spirit, we pray that you would help us to pray this from our hearts. Lord, that they wouldn't be just beautiful words. Lord, but that they would be a prayer of trust and confidence in you as our shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, therefore I can lack nothing. He shall feed me in green pastures and lead me forth beside the waters of comfort. He shall refresh my soul and bring me forth in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff comfort me. You shall prepare a table before me in the presence of those who trouble me. You have anointed my head with oil, and my cup shall be full. Surely your goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Just invite us to continue in a time of prayer and just bring before the Lord the things that are on our hearts. Um, God knows the things that are causing you anxiety and worry. Maybe it's uh, something going on in uh, your family. Maybe it's something going on in a relationship, something with work or with school. Maybe the, there's just a general anxiety you feel about the state of your life or the state of things in the world. So I just want to invite us to cry out as David invites us to the Lord, our shepherd, to cry out to him. Thanks again for listening. We hope this resource has been helpful to you. If you have questions or are just looking for more information, you can check out our website at apostleshouston.org.